This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com Hello, everyone. This is Jeremy Steele. I just have a quick note for you for this episode. We had a technical difficulty that caused the first bit of the episode to be cut off, but I felt like the discussion that we were having was so great that I really wanted you to hear, even though you're going to be kind of picking up in the middle. So we apologize for the technical difficulty. I hope you enjoy this episode and hope that it helps you feel like there is someone that has your back. That's our goal. Like it wasn't hurt for me, you know. So right. I think that's that's a lot of the key as well is is not have, feel like you had to have all the answers. Yeah, not feeling like you have all the answers has got to be an important piece of that. Uh, when a teen dies in our community, it's not necessarily in our church, but uh, kids in our community are aware of it. Either it happens at their school or you know they're friends of friends. And so, how does it change when it's not? a kid maybe in your group that has passed. Do any of those dynamics change for you? We've had several occasions where people in the church family have passed away or, or maybe some youth that are just part of youth group type activities, but not really part of the membership, so they don't know them. Even there's a little bit difference there. However, when the youth that pass away or, or commit suicide in the community that are not tied to the church, they're oftentimes still tied to our youth in our church. Right. Uh, and that, that's been a huge struggle for them. Uh, and and seeing how the church doesn't respond to that has, from my observation, made it more difficult for them. Now, maybe one or two times in the churches I've been in, the church has actually responded to the community and gone out and helped and reached out to the families. Uh, I've seen a huge difference in how that impacts the youth and uh, the community around when they actually reach out like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the issue there is maybe some youth in your in your ministry, in your church, in your congregation that are really closely connected to that person and others have no idea who it might be. So being aware of that, let's take a whole youth group meeting or let's let's get together and, and process this together. But maybe if this was a junior in high school and you've got a group of juniors that knew this kid, then maybe it's, hey, let's get together with these folks who've been impacted, particularly have some conversations right. and process. Another thing, too, is you can be a really good resource for people in the community, whether yeah. it's, you know, part of the schools to say, hey, if you guys need anybody to, to help just, you know, be around to talk to kids, you know, whatever it may be, talk to youth who are struggling, especially if you have some special training or whatever in counseling or, or you know, grief work or whatever, I think we have an opportunity then to, to serve not just our local church, but to serve our community and not be of anything about trying to get kids to come to my church is just I want to be a help to the because I care for the young people in my community. If we don't know the kids who have passed, I find that the anniversary is an important piece of this. And I would put it in my phone and put it on a yearly recurring so that when that recurrence of the student that was not in our group or even the one that was came up, I wouldn't forget, right? Because there were a handful of students, if it wasn't in our group itself, you know, there's still a handful of students that's going to experience that anniversary as a moment of remembrance and processing their grief a year later. 
and to be able to be sensitive to that is is really important. Now, what are some things to be aware of? Either, you know, I know that Chris mentioned some of the statements that people say, but what are some things maybe internally within ourselves as as youth workers or in the community that we need to pay attention to some mistakes that maybe we've made or seen others make that we can avoid if we're aware of them? It's an emotional time, mm-hmm. you know? And so just being really self-aware of being pure and wanting to just help young people in your community and in your church without using it for any gains. It is truly making sure that it's just, I am doing this just because I want to serve God and I want to serve Jesus and I want to help these young people. Not using it for anything other than that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being genuine, being genuine and being real during times like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to say that I can think of a couple of things, and one of them I think we've already circled around, but it's, you know, allow yourself to be grieving as well. Yeah. Don't think that you need to be this stand-up, stalwart kind of person that is immune from the grieving that's happening in your community. It, it's right. okay to be kind of transparent and and grieve along with people uh, instead of thinking that you need to try to take all this other stuff on yourself. Right. Uh, another couple of things that I've seen, it can be sometimes kind of tricky with, you know, like the memorial kind of thing that gets mm-hmm. left behind, you know, does somebody want to make a, a bench or plant a tree or, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. If it's somebody that's connected to your church, uh, the upkeep of that can be really difficult after a while. Yep. And given the nature of youth ministry, youth change pretty quickly, yeah. you know, over the course of like three, four, five years. So if there's a family that's connected to the church, it can be hard to keep that memorial feeling special or remembered, yeah. uh, depending on what was chosen. So I would encourage people to think about starting funds uh, or cash donations uh, as opposed to some kind of really fixed memorial that's going to maybe be forgotten by people and end up causing more hurt in the long run. Also, I would say one of the other things that you can do, whether it's somebody that's connected to your church or not, try to remember some of the important dates for that person who died. Like the first time that their birthday comes up uh, afterwards, send a note to the family, send a note to the mom and dad, invite them out for a cup of coffee or something, and just kind of talk about that and maybe fall into that ritual doing that once or twice a year to you know, recognize that the grieving process isn't like a one-time thing. It really can take a long time, especially for those that are most affected. Yeah. Well, I'll second that. Um, when I when we experienced went through that experience at, at our church, I was serving. The family did do a, a little memorial in the, at the intersection of where the accident had happened, and they asked our pastor to come out. I never forget. He said, "You know, in life, when these sort of things happen, we never forget them." And he talked about things like, you know. If for some generations it was where you were when Kennedy was shot, for some it was where you were when the space shuttle Challenger disaster happened, for some it was 9-11. You know, you never forget those things, but we sometimes fail to remember. Mm-hmm. And I think when everything went down with our young, our youth who passed away a year later, I happened to see her, her mom in the grocery store, and I made a comment about how I regularly thought about Molly. And I didn't avoid her. Right. And later on, you know, that meant the world to her, just to, to know that somebody still remembered her daughter. Yeah. We actually had another family that gave us, a, to go back to what Chris said, as far as funds versus memorials, somebody started a scholarship fund for youth at our church in memory of her. I sent a, a letter to her family explaining what was going on, saying this is what we'd like, they want to do with it to make sure you're okay with that. Is that okay? And, and they were just blown away by that. And still including that family 
if they're in your church, in the youth ministry in some way, and, and that sort of thing, I think can be a great healing thing for you as a youth worker, for your group, but also for the family who went through this tragedy. And I think to tag on to what Chris Wilterdink, you were saying, is caring for yourself is important in that process. And one of the things to be aware of is that you're going to be helping people process grief while you're grieving. You probably need help with that. You need to talk to a counselor. You need to go see somebody and work through that process yourself. Uh, Because one of the things that I've seen happen, you know, in, in every youth group, there is going to be people of varying levels of connection with the youth who has passed. And at some point, you've got to move forward as a youth group and not be talking about that every single time you get together. But I've seen youth pastors who were really connected to the youth who passed just keep bringing it up for months and months every single time they're together. And, uh, and, and that's something that can be just as unhealthy as had you ignored it to begin with. And so I think that's something also to be aware of. I mean, this whole issue is it's difficult. And when we first started talking about it, we all kind of agreed that we didn't really know exactly what to do, <laughs> especially the first time it happened. It's important to get help. And that's really why the Youth Worker Collective exists, right? We want to have your back. When you get online to work, we don't want you to feel like you're just having to figure things out by yourself. So that's why we do this podcast. Uh, there's more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast. And there's tons of articles, games, ideas, lessons, personal devotions, all available at youthworkercollective.com. Mm-hmm.